0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to be here with you today. It's wonderful to reconnect. Last week in our How to Embrace Sin and Failure episode, we took an optimistic view of our future because while the pandemic has been a crisis, it's also an incredible opportunity as we advance inoculation and medical technology. And today, as the vaccine is distributed in our society, we look forward to resuming Jewish communal life. And as we do so, the pandemic highlights Challenges that are particularly pressing in our times take the epidemic of loneliness, a serious societal issue that has been exacerbated by the pandemic. You might know of older folks who are living alone, isolated from younger family members. Keep in mind that young people, too, are isolated. Just at the time of development that young people seek connection to others, that connection has been undermined. Several months ago, our local school, Mayan, reopened, And when that happened, a mother of one of our students told my wife that going back to school was the first time she saw her child laugh in months. Loneliness has also hit young mothers hard, as the Harvard Education School reports that serious feelings of loneliness have increased and affected a number of demographics. And plus, in our hyper-connected times, social media exacerbates feelings of loneliness because with everyone out there showing off how connected they are, Feelings of isolation intensify. In my own journey, I think about history. I imagine life on the American frontier a couple hundred years ago when a person living a couple of miles away from you was your neighbor. And when several neighbors were in need, they would get together, erect one another's cabins, clear each other's fields. It's hard to find that connection in our times. And one of our deepest yearnings is human connection. In the past several days, I met with a couple of families, one looking to move to Portland and another looking for a new synagogue here in the area. And I asked both of these couples what their biggest need is. And they both told me that their number one need is to connect with the community where they belong. In today's Torah Journey podcast, we're going to explore the loneliness epidemic. What does Judaism offer as we seek human connection? Stay with me, because we're going to discover an enriching Jewish path in overcoming loneliness and isolation in our times. Last week, over 17 million people watched as Oprah Winfrey interviewed the ex-royals, Harry and Meghan. Whatever your opinion of this interview, I was struck by Meghan's remark that she was lonely and depressed in the palace. Often people who seem to have everything lack the most basic things. You could be the center of attention, surrounded by people, and still feel terribly lonely. One of the underlying truths of the Jewish people is that we are connected. The Torah says, we're a royal family, a mamlechet kohanim. And Chazal teaches, kol Yisrael arevim zebizeh. All of Israel is responsible for one another. A while back, there was a young Jewish woman who came to Shoal. I met her for the first time. She joined us for lunch that day, and I had already made kiddush, but I made kiddush for her again. I did this mitzvah on her behalf, on behalf of a stranger, because we're all responsible for one another. And this week in Shoal, we read Parshat HaChodesh, the 12th chapter of Shemot, which describes the the first Korban Pesach in Jewish history. It's a chapter that brings us back to the end of servitude, as we were called upon to serve God But not as individuals. The entire kahal, the whole assembly, was gathered for the Pesach. And later we were called together at Sinai as the kingdom of Kohanim and a holy nation. And the story continues as the Jewish people journey on and create the Mishkan. And in the closing sentences of Shmos, the Torah testifies that the entire Jewish people gathered and beheld God's presence resting in the Mishkan. And so we have the first book of the Torah, Breshis, which is the story of the formation of the Jewish people. And then Shmos begins with the names of these people, followed by the small people as we become an assembly and a nation. But what binds us together? In the center of this community is the presence of God. And the starting point here is the Parshat HaChodesh, our first communal act of avoda, divine service, the Korban Pesach. In those first moments of serving God, we joined together as households and neighbors in Chaburas or groups to offer the Korban Pesach. And Rav Shimshin Rav Rafal Hirsch points out that the Korban Pesach is the first time in Jewish history that we are called Kahal Adat Yisrael, literally a community of testimony. What does it mean to be a community of testimony? On the one hand, we're a community, but on the other hand, we give testimony. We're not merely a social club. The formation of our collective arises around a very central and holy point, Hashem, the presence of God, which is extremely visible as we end Sefer Shmot, The Torah teaches us, Vichas Hanan es moed Hashem maleh as mishkan." The cloud covered the Tent of Meeting, and the glory of Hashem filled the tabernacle. And Moshe could not enter the Tent of Meeting because the cloud rested upon it. Nachmanides, the great 13th century Spanish commentary, sees a pervasive theme from the beginning of Shmot right up to these closing verses. In his opening comments in the Sefer, the Ramban refers to this as the book of Gullus and Geula, of exile and redemption. The Jews were enslaved, and we left slavery to serve God in the mountain. But the mountain was a one-time event. And so part of the redemption was moving forward and building a Mishkan, where God's presence would continually stay in our midst. And now the closing verses of Shemot point to the realization of that national goal. And this, according to the Ramban, is a pinnacle that parallels that defining height of Sinai. In fact, at the end of Mishpatim, the Torah described how the cloud of glory rested on top of the mountain before the Asarasidibros, Adibros, before the Ten Commandments. After six days, God called out unto Moshe to enter the cloud, the Torah says, el Moshe anan. And there at Sinai, Moshe approached the mountain only after he was called upon in that state of awe and reverence for God's presence. And here too, the Torah teaches us that Moshe could only approach the Mishkan when God called to him from the cloud. So both at Sinai, And at the Mishkan, there's this palpable presence of God's glory. But it's not just that we're a community. The glory and the honor of God are the central point around which community takes shape. We gathered at the Mishkan, coalescing around this holy point. And as we did so, the Torah describes our collective journey. The Torah says When the cloud was raised up from the Mishkan the children of Israel would embark upon their journeys for the cloud of Hashem would be upon the Mishkan by day and a fire would be upon it at night before all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. An amazing picture is starting to emerge. We were this defined society, a kingship of Kohanim, the house of Israel. We journeyed together, but what brought us together? What guided us? It was only God's presence that initiated and led our journey. Our journey to peoplehood began with the Korban Pesach, which transformed us to God's servants. It continued with our sinai as we beheld God's presence on top of the mountain, And then it progressed forward with the Mishkan as all the eyes looked towards the Shekhinah to guide us. This is an idea that pervades Jewish history. We journey together with God's presence as our central focal point. And sometimes people try to base Jewish society around culture. And while that might work for a generation or two, culture is not the compelling force of Jewish continuity. The compelling idea that binds us together is the idea that we are a goy kadosh, a holy nation. As we read VaYakel, God instructs Moshe to gather us as a community and commands us, Lo savaru esh shabbat Do not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. And so in the moment that we come together as a community, we are told about Shabbat. And this is a central idea of Jewish history. In recent generations, many secularized communities saw the demand of Shabbat as an obstacle to Jewish connection. Shabbat observance is too strict of a standard, the thinking went. And in truth, Shabbat has built communities Around this country, around the world, the ancient Shabbat has preserved our peoplehood in an intensely modern time when people are so in need of community. Last year, at the beginning of the lockdown, a family showed up at my house on a Saturday. Their electricity had gone out for some reason. They were in need of cholent, And I was so excited to share my hot cholent with them. And I was dishing it out for them, thinking to myself, Where does this happen outside the Jewish world? And so we need to build Jewish community with God's presence in our midst. But what do we practically do in our lives to address the epidemic of loneliness? And the truth is, the Jewish people offer something profound by way of connection. Let's face it, community life is challenging. Wherever you live, there are hard people people that rub us the wrong way, folks who are just different. And that's where Judaism comes and teaches us that God's presence is at the center of our community. There is a cloud of glory at our center, and that reminds us that each person is part of this vehicle to carry God's presence. When we build community, we're overcoming loneliness and isolation. Jewish community, by definition, means that we see everyone as a part of our holy family. And that's part of our reverence for God. At the start of our journey, God tells us that we are a mamlechet kohanim Vigoi kadosh. We are a kingdom of priests and a holy people. We're holy and royal, uplifted by a common cause to spread the light of God. If we build community around that idea we surely will help one another transcend isolation. People watch the, the royal family, the interview, and they see an object of envy. And in reality, these people are struggling and lonely. People look at celebrities and they think they ought to be jealous. But think again. Harry said that the other family members are trapped in Buckingham Palace. He may be onto something. The true template for a royal family, is within the Jewish people. It's not about money and wealth and fame. It's about God's presence and common purpose. So much happens in Jewish community where we all come together and everyone's needed. One person leads davening, another makes cholent, Another person helps with communications or organizes a charity drive. And at the heart of it, we're all uplifted by a common cause, that teaches us that we are the people of Israel. And that's so needed in our fragmented society. Right here a few weeks ago on Purim, we had so many people helping out, from people who read the Megillah to folks who drove and delivered Mishloch Manot. But what if you don't live in a community yet? And here's a critical thing. Judaism is a journey. It's okay if you don't have the ideal community today but make a contribution wherever you are. I've seen people in the smallest of places make a difference. So consider where you are today and where you might be in the next five years. What can you do to promote your own connection to the Jewish people? What's a small way that you can help build the Jewish people today and in the future? As we build our lives progressively around community, We're going to form deeper connections, and we all play a role in this. I know someone who lost their spouse, unfortunately, but began an initiative to host single people at their Shabbat table. You can even just pick up a phone and call a few people you know and wish them a good Pesach. There's a myriad of ways to help build community. What we have as Jews is so unique. Our Jewish communities are a triumph over isolation. It's not that our communities are perfect because they're not, but our Jewish community is part of the answer that our society needs. And so the next time that you feel lonely or isolated, remember Sefer Shmot." Think back to how the entire house of Israel held and beheld the presence of God at our center. That's a holy point that has guided us in all of our journeys. It's been great to connect with you today. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to give it a five-star review and share it with your friends and family. And join us next week. We're going to explore the essential a lesson. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.